You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns Podcast with your host, Daniel Garrett. This week, we are here with Marcus Harvey. Marcus is a head contributor for Around the Block Browns. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus Harvey underscore. He'll be here for a two-part episode. We will be discussing some preseason awards for the Browns. We will be going over MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, most improved offensive player, most underrated offensive player, defensive player of the year, and defensive rookie of the year today, with more next week. Let's get into it. So, we're here today with Marcus Harvey of Around the Block Browns. Marcus, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right, so we're going to get right into this here. We're doing awards for the Browns for the 2021 season. So, Marcus, who's your MVP for the Browns? Uh, I have Baker Mayfield um, as the MVP for the Browns this coming season. I say that largely due to the fact that the Browns will only go as far as Baker will take them. Uh, I, I know he played well down the stretch of at the end of last season, but for them to return to that level of play and to look to further – you know, pass into a conference championship. Uh, it's heavily reliant on his ability to play at a high level. Yeah, I also had Baker Mayfield. Much of the same reasonings, like you said, pass once he got to week six, definitely picked up where he was his quality of play. Uh, other guys for consideration for me, I also considered Odell here because of the fact that we knew we know what the offense looked like without Odell last year. So when we get back him back this season, being he got injured in week seven, I believe, when we get him back this season, if he can step up the quality of the offense that had been improving throughout the end of the season, we get him back able to enhance what we had. And that was our offense was what led us to the playoffs last year. Our defense was subpar. So if we can get him back to enhance the offense, but it's they're very much a symbiotic relationship because if Baker's good, Odell's going to be good. And if Odell's good, Baker's probably going to be good. So you can really go either way with that one. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Um, I won't, I don't have Odell written down for anywhere else on my uh, list today. But I do think that he holds an important aspect to the offense if it wants to advance beyond uh, where we saw it at Kansas City at, in the playoffs uh, during the last game of last season. Just looking at the receiving core, there's abilities that he possesses that no one else in the in the core has, or other guys in the in in that group have por- portions of in their in their toolbox. But I believe Odell. Uh, can be that total player that the Browns want to roll with, with two tight ends or two running backs or those different formations that allows them more freedom to be 
diverse in how they attack uh, opposing defenses week in and week out. Yeah, I also did not have Odell anywhere on this list either. So next up, Offensive Player of the Year is, for me, I have Nick Chubb, who Nick Chubb is just an absolute beast. You can't really – there isn't much of an argument for him for most valuable player because we have Kareem Hunt there. Kareem Hunt's going to take up a decent amount of workload as well. So he's probably not even going to get many accolades for the season because you have a good back that'll be with him. But in terms of just best player, who is our best player on the offense, it's Nick Chubb. He's one of the best in the game. And he's just insanely good and insanely efficient too because he's putting up second best rushing pure yardage in the league on a very limited workload. Yeah, uh, that's very true. And uh, I had, you know, five players picked for this and I picked the offensive line, but I'll I'll talk a little bit about Nick Chubb too. Uh, I know that it's offensive player of the year and we really try to highlight one person, but to to me, the offense, once again, has an identity built into the offensive line uh, with Jedrick Wills, uh, guys like JC Treader, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, um, and Joel Batonio those five guys together and Chris Hubbard who played exceptional in that reserve role as the six offensive lineman. We'll see how camp shakes out for that six offensive lineman role. But uh, those guys were instrumental in the transformation of the team down the stretch, being able to run the ball. Um, Nick Chubb is a very special player. I hope that he's healthy for a full season. I think NFL fans will have a different mindset when it comes to Nick Chubb. Uh, after a a full season of his abilities, even in a reduced carry load with guys like Kareem Hunt and Demetric Felton, who I believe makes the team as well and is a situational weapon for the offense as it progresses. But um, I I could totally see uh, Nick Chubb being the offensive player of the year. Uh, The Browns do have an identity of of running the football and uh, being effective in doing so. And I think he is a a special player in, in that role for the, for the Browns in 2021 and 2022 season. So I want to ask you here, if we take out, obviously the best lineman barring his health concerns last year was Wyatt Teller. If we take him out of the picture, which one of these guys do you think is going to be the next guy? I don't know if you think it's Batonio, who's just been there consistently year after year, Conklin, who's been very good and consistent, or if you think Wills can make that next jump up from being a good left tackle to being a great left tackle. Who do you think is going to be that next best lineman? Yeah. Uh, this will be a little spoiler to, to the next group, but um, I have for the most improved offensive player, I think that's Jedrick Wills. I think what he did uh, in this past abridged offseason, working with the offensive line coach, uh, Coach Callahan, and switching sides and starting as a left tackle and, not really missing a beat in pass protection. However, there is a lot of growth for him in in run blocking and being able to move people off the spot consistently. You know, he did it very well uh, in different parts of the year. And it is part of that transition and that, and that growth from a rookie offensive tackle. Uh, I know Tristan works came out and just obliterated all expectations for a rookie offensive tackle, but I think Jedrick Wills can, can reach and, and match that. 
on the left side, just as much as he did on the right side at Alabama. So I, I do think that Jedrick Wills is that next guy. And hopefully for the Browns, that's the case as he's under contract for now four more or ha- has three more, three, three more years left on his deal with a fifth year option still available to Cleveland in that way. So uh, Jedrick Wills would be my answer to that question. All right. Next up, we have offensive rookie of the year. We don't have a ton of options. We really realistically look at it. We have two or three guys that you can even think of choosing from. And I think there's a pretty obvious answer here. So we'll let you say who yours is here. Yeah. Um, like, like you were saying, there's not a whole lot of uh, room for many choices for this option. However, I do think that's Anthony Schwartz. Uh, I did mention earlier that I think Demetrik Felton makes the roster and he's a gadget player in spots, both as a slot wide receiver, but also as a returner and a running back, uh, giving the Browns more versatility and allowing Kareem Hunt to take those breaks where typically last year he was splitting out and getting some wide receiver reps in their empty personnel and empty packages. But Anthony Schwartz, they selected him in the third round a bit higher than some would have liked to see him go. However, that world-class speed that he possesses uh, for the hundred meter dash as a junior Olympian, that's the reason he's on this team. And I, I know as soon as they drafted him, that they have a plan in mind for him week in and week out, whether that's uh, getting touches behind the line of scrimmage or just beyond the line of scrimmage, or even as that deep threat that they so desperately needed down the stretch last year. Um, as we know, Baker Mayfield was one of the most elite deep ball passers in the NFL last year, both efficient and accurate. So getting him Anthony Schwartz uh, will definitely help along with that. And uh, I think we'll see some sort of trickery uh, week one, you know, that the offensive staff and Kevin Stefanski had drawn up when they selected him uh, in the third round there for their matchup with Kansas City. I think uh, we'll get a warm welcome to him that day. Yeah, I would also agree that it is Anthony Schwartz. The other guys I considered that I even think play a part as an active roster guy, Demetric Felton, like you said earlier, going to I also think is going to be the third running back, but I think that's going to be more of a special teams contribution. He'll be very limited offensively. But I think if anybody beats Anthony Schwartz out for having the most productive rookie season offensively, it's going to be Hudson. If we have injuries along the offensive line, I could see him if he has performed well throughout this preseason process, see him stepping up and going in there and producing. I don't think he's going to be great off the back. He's a fourth round pick at tackle. He's not going to be this great player, but if he can even get to the point where when he gets in, he can just hold up and not be so negative of a impact player when you have four other guys next to you who are great players. I think that impact could be enough to upset Schwartz, but as it stands Schwartz, like you said, just going to get touches all over the place and provides that deep threat that we just did not have last year. Yeah. And when we talk about touches all over the place or uh, you know, those, uh, touches week in and week out that we expect Schwartz to get. I don't think it's it's many. Like the offense has a lot of different pieces and different parts that they want to play in. However, for the you know 11 snaps that Schwartz is in the game early in the year, I think entirely 
uh, the defense ha has to respect him while they're on the field um, in, in the game breaking ability that he'll have. I know that he's been working through some injuries uh, just like he did it as in his Auburn days. Uh, so I hope that he can get healthy and stay healthy uh, because in week one, we could definitely use that speed uh, in Kansas city. Yeah. And there's a lot of players in front of him got four quality wide receivers in front of him with OBJ Jarvis people's Jones and Higgins got three tight ends. That'll be on the roster gang reps, three running backs. So there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of mouse to feed. So it's going to be limited, but I think any offensive rookie for us this year will be limited in what they can do. So next up, I think it's a bad thing. Uh, no. It's just, it's just the reality of the roster and how it's situated and the aspirations for the Browns in this coming season. Uh, a lot of the new additions to the team happen to be on the defensive side of the ball, replacing uh, multiple starters all across the three different tiers of the defense. Um, so the offense in that capacity has a great deal to advance the way that they were playing because they're bringing pretty much everybody back and, and running it back with the same group. Yeah, so next up, we have most improved offensive player. So I don't want to steal this one from you. I had Jedrick Wills down as well. I think he's going to be a great left tackle for the Browns for a lot of years. But I'll go with Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he has a second-year jump here. I, I really liked what we saw in terms of just being that big-bodied receiver. Can pro provide a little bit as a vertical threat, but it's more of a jump ball type player. But I do like him as that outside receiver we don't necessarily have anyone else body wise like him a lot of our other players are the smaller receivers around the six foot range so we do get a little bit of height so I think he has his uses so he'll get reps out there so I think he does make a jump here year two coming off of being a six round pick I believe last year so I think he he would have been my honorable mention so I'll let you go off here a little bit more on Jedrick Wills and how he's going to improve. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Jedrick Wills has the highest ceiling um, out of all the players that could be most improved on the offense. I think his level of play, although respectable and higher than the quality that the Browns had seen in the past at left tackle um, over several years uh, in the abridgment of the Joe Thomas from the Joe Thomas era to current day, uh, Jedrick Wills can, I believe can take that next step, um, in, in all capacities as a pass blocker, as a run blocker. I know that he was one of the offensive linemen and offensive players that committed the most penalties in the NFL. So being mindful of that and, uh, working through that, I think is a, is another aspect of his game that he can progress through, um, as it pertains to, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I, I do think that he has, the ability to elevate his skill set and improve a valuable entity to the Browns offense. I just have a difficult time seeing a path to playing time with the offense uh, and the current structure of the offense. Two, two tight ends are going to be utilized, two running backs at times, uh, and a healthy wide receiver core as it stands today. Donovan Peoples-Jones does offer, I think, a bit more of the deep – field uh, threat that then you were originally stating. I kind of think back to the plays at Tennessee where he got on the double move, uh, even in the 
week where we had three wide receivers healthy in Cincinnati after OBJ's injury when uh, he caught that touchdown pass to win that game with a couple seconds left. Uh, I think that he has a real ability to find a niche in that in the offense that I'm hopeful uh, he's the answer for. Yeah, I I agree with all those state statements as well. I do think I probably undersold his deep ability a little bit, which is going to be his one of his top traits for the Browns. So next up, we're going to go to who's your most underrated offensive player? Uh, for this, I have uh, J.C. Treader. I know that I, I said the offensive players of the year was Nick Chubb and uh, mentioned the five offensive linemen as really being that group that I really wish I could have mentioned that for. But the most underrated for me is, is Treader. Uh, Treader's one of the oldest members of the offense and offensive line. I know he's the NFL PA uh, president, so he has a lot of responsibility there. However, you know, at the end of last season, we were really able to see his leadership uh, roll out and how the Browns handled the offensive line towards the end of the season with Callahan, you know, having to take a step away from the team for his own personal health in that time. So I really think that Treader is, is capable of getting all the checks, getting the line situated and really taking that responsibility away from Baker uh, to have Baker be able to continue to grow. It's not, it's not a bad thing that he's able to take some of that stress away. It's just a mutually beneficial thing for the whole entire offense. If, you have that capability for an offensive center to balance those responsibilities on a snap to snap basis. Yeah, I definitely like what you're saying there. And JC Treader has been perpetually underrated throughout his career, starting in his time in Cincinnati. He was even underrated then. And that was one reason why we were able to get him at a decent contract there in free agency. But I'm going to go with David Njoku, who I think has been the best tight end on this Browns roster last year. And I think will continue to be that he does have, he has his issues, but he's just a very athletic tight end and going, and he'll be able to do everything that we want from uh, our tight end position. He is a capable blocker, not great blocker, but capable. And he is going to be able to just be an athletic freak in the red zone and be able to do, like I said, everything that we want our tight ends. I know we have a lot of them. We'll be using all of them going even 13 personnel, but when he is on the field, he is the best of those three. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Njoku has a lot of room to grow and a lot of ability to take that next step into that dominant role as a, as a tight end in the offense an offense that's heavily reliant on utilization, both in the run game and pass game. Uh, I, I do hope that Hooper is able to take a step back uh, following his contract structure. Um, I'd love to see David be able to get some snaps. Uh, however, it'll be interesting to see as the preseason shakes out what that fully healthy room does, because at the end of last year, you know, with uh, Hooper having that surgery and being out for games, David having to fill in there and Harrison Bryant getting sick with COVID and missing some games. It was really who was ever healthy and practicing that week that was really getting snaps. So as the preseason rolls on, I really want to see what that first team's rolling like. And 
uh, what the utilization looks like because, you know, David Njoku caught the first touchdown pass last season. And I know in the, in the corner of the end zone, it was really exciting to see how he was used. And then a couple of weeks passed and we, we hardly heard from him. So uh, definitely looking forward to what could be with him for sure. There's no other physical being at his size that possesses an ability to command a defense in that way. Yeah, and entering a contract year, you would expect the best out of him as well. So next we have Defensive Player of the Year. I have Miles Garrett, just a absolute physical freak, has been productive throughout his entire time in Cleveland. If not the best edge rusher, definitely top three in the league and just an absolute menace. He has a chance, I think, to have a 20-sack season, especially given you, you, you had Olivier Vernon opposite him for a good portion of the season last year, but you didn't have a ton in terms of the interior presence. And so now you do have an upgraded one in terms of the pass rush. You can argue whether or not other than Billings, you can argue if Jackson, Malik Jackson, is better than either of the guys last year in terms of a run defender. But I do think he is a better pass rusher. And so you're able to get more pass rush surrounding Garrett. So hopefully it'll lead to less double teams. And so he'll be able to be even more productive, even though he had an absolute monster season last year and was in contention for defensive player of the year in the entire NFL last year. Yeah, and I think that's that's the answer that I want to go to, that I want to believe. Uh, I do see a potential for a 20-sack season given the restructure of how the defense works. However, I'm going to pose a, a different player as my defensive player of the year. Uh, I'll pick John Johnson, the safety that we just signed from the Rams. Uh, what I want every Browns fan to know is that John Johnson played 100% of the snaps for the best defense in football last year, and he did it all with the green dot on his helmet. For those of you that don't know, the green dot is who the captain is and makes all the play calls for the defense. Uh, coming to Cleveland, he'll be taking over a role held by Andrew Sandejo. That alone, that transition has inherent value, both in coverage and ability to have more options as a defense for what coverages you want to run. I know that Miles Garrett can take over games. However, that that game is going to become significantly easier for miles because of John Johnson's presence in the back end and his ability to transform the defense into the defense. Joe Woods wants to run similar to how he was a part of that San Francisco 49ers defense in the Super Bowl against the chiefs. Uh, in reviewing that, I think John Johnson has a, has tremendous ability both in the, in the box as a run defender uh, and being multiple in, in such ways, but John Johnson, for me, is the, the key piece to how this defense runs. We've seen Miles, we've seen, you know, a pass rusher like Vernon or Clowney opposite of Miles. And although the improvements on the inside have a lot of numbers, and by numbers, I mean a lot of different guys that are going to be able to fill that role, I don't think that there's still that dominant answer on the inside. So John Johnson is going to afford the defense the greatest capability as one player can in my opinion yeah and I have John Johnson a little bit later down later on in this episode so next up we have defensive rookie of the year who's your rookie of the year going to be 
so anybody that followed me on Twitter, Marcus Harvey underscore, uh, knew that I'm a huge Tommy Togiai fan and that I was ecstatic that they were able to bring him in. However, I won't go with that in this because I do believe how I kind of mentioned in the last uh, tidbit that I talked about where the defense, defensive tackle, interior defensive line room is going to have a lot of pieces to it where guys fill in niche roles and not ever going to have a lot of downs for one player in particular, similar differently than we, how we saw it last season with uh, Ogan Joby and Richardson getting well over, you know, 60% of those snaps in each designated spot. I think it's a different roster structure this year. However, my answer is Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Similarly to how I talked about with John Johnson and being flexible and, a, and a, the afforded ability to be multiple in a defense, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, although I don't think starts the year as, an, as a starting linebacker, is going to be integrated into game plans week in and week out for certain packages matching certain personnel uh, in certain schemes and blitzes that he's going to be uh, an asset to Joe Woods and his defense um, alongside Anthony Walker, who I think it will be an only upgraded version of BJ Goodson, who was one of the leading tacklers on the defense last season. Yeah. And I agree with all those points. I also have Jeremiah was down. The other player I did consider was Greg Newsom, our first round pick. And we talked in an earlier episode about betting odds actually for defensive rookie of the year across the league. And Jeremiah was Koromoa was somebody that I put my money on as that. And he's the problem is always, it's a statistic based award. So sometimes with these better defenses, you struggle getting guys to have enough stats and especially with corner. I wasn't thrilled about corner. He had decent odds. Uh, Newsom did, but, wasn't thrilled because generally you need like five interceptions really. Yeah, to, you you to really get. have a prolific uh, cornerback season as a rookie to, to be in contention for that award. Uh, you know, the one guy that comes to mind is Marshawn Lattimore, who is right in competition. I believe he won that uh, defensive player, defensive rookie of the year across the NFL. Um, I do think that, Looking at the broad scope, I think Jeremiah Usu-Kormo is well positioned for that. I just don't think he gets integrated into the defensive game plan week by week early enough in the season to truly uh, claim hold of that award. Uh, but I think his value to the Browns is far more than any defensive player of the, the year trophy that he could win for the NFL. Uh, the Browns at the end of this upcoming season are going to be very different from the team that we see week one as as is across the NFL, but uh, Uwusu Koromoa is one of those players that will allow them to grow into that identity of what they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And just the word with Uwusu Koromoa's versatility, he can play all over the place. It's if, if you want a guy to fill whatever spot he's, he might not be the best player for it all the time at all the spots, but he can do just about anything you ask for him to do. And he showed it at Notre Dame. He was all over the place for them. So he'll be, like you said, won't necessarily be a starter at the beginning of the year, but will be involved with the Browns defense immediately. And I know we've been talking about this section a little bit now, but uh, going back to Greg Newsom, I know that some of you might be concerned that we're not talking about him leading this defense as defensive rookie of the year. Uh, 
for the Browns in 2021, 2022. However, as a first round pick, he's well positioned in a room where he's not going to be thrust into a starting role as you know, he, he could very well win that job with Troy Hill and uh, greedy, greedy Williams being in that room. However, I think that competition will, will speak for itself and we'll, we'll figure out what that looks like. I think Troy Hill is going to be playing that cornerback two spot opposite of Denzel Ward when we go two cornerbacks. Um, but we'll, we'll see what, how that defense shakes out. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. And also you do always have that rookie corners generally do struggle more than other positions. It's one of the harder positions to adjust to the NFL for. And that will be it for us today on the show. We will be back next week with part two from Marcus Harvey. We will be going over most improved defensive player, most underrated defensive player, special teams player of the year, most disappointing player, best new Brown, and best value draft pick. You can check out our other Fired Up Podcast Network shows, Fired Up Titans, Fired Up Broncos, and Fired Up Giants for your team related podcast as well as fired up betting fired up wrestling and fired up nfl draft let's get fired up